Hello and welcome to Live Label Free Q&A Tuesday. Yup, I'm starting a new series on the podcast in which I will be answering your questions Q&A style. And because I absolutely love semantics and when things rhyme because then they just make more sense to me in my head, I'm naming this episode series Q&A Tuesday. If you are a frequent listener of the podcast or have at least listened to my previous episodes, three eating disorder behaviors that are actually autistic traits, part one and part two, and yes, there will be a part three and a part four at some point, you know I believe my eating disorder was simply a manifestation of undiagnosed autism, and thus certain eating disorder behaviors were merely manifestations of autistic traits. If you are interested in reading my full story on how growing up undiagnosed autistic led to an almost decade-long battle with an eating disorder and how discovering I'm autistic was the key to full recovery, be sure to get on the waitlist for my upcoming memoir, Rainbow Girl, by visiting the link livelabelfree.com forward slash book. If you are on that list, you'll be the first to hear updates and when the book is out in the world. And speaking of books, my cookbook, Nourishing Neurodiversity, is officially published and is available as an ebook, a paperback, and after several requests, a hardcover. Nourishing Neurodiversity is filled with over 50 easy recipes that are vegan, gluten-free, soy-free, nut-free, and 100% customizable to fit your unique needs and preferences. Unlike most recipe books that are cookie cutter, no pun intended, and don't accommodate each individual's sensitivities and health issues, Nourishing Neurodiversity offers endless tips on how to make the recipes fit into your life so that you can literally nourish your neurodiversity. It's also filled with little tips and facts throughout, including tips on how to heal digestive issues, optimize gut health, and improve executive functioning. You can learn more about my cookbook by visiting the link livelabelfree.com forward slash nourishing neurodiversity or just click the link in the show notes. And last order of business before we dive into today's episode is that you can get all of my books for free, yes, for free by becoming a Live Label Free Patron, which is also the best and easiest way to support the podcast and to support me as a creator so I can continue bringing you free value and answering your questions. Podcast episodes and blog posts and YouTube videos and Instagram content may all seem like quick, small, bite-sized pieces of information, but they require a lot of time, energy, and commitment to create this kind of content. And I would be so grateful if you can show your support and show your love by joining me on Patreon. You can do so by visiting the link livelabelfree.com forward slash Patreon, and then you'll see the option to donate how much or however little you believe my content is worth to you. With all that said, let's dive into our very first Q&A Tuesday. Welcome to Live Label Free, the podcast, where you'll learn to let go of limiting labels and embrace your unique brain. As my mom says so beautifully in her song, Fear is a heavy load to carry. 
which is why on this podcast, you'll learn the scientific links between neurodiversity and eating disorders, giving you a deeper understanding of how you can face your fears and become truly free. Together, you and me, we will keep putting one foot in front of the other. Today's question comes from Alexandra, who writes, Hi, Livia. I've listened to all your podcast episodes, and they're all so informative and great. I had a question which I'd be so grateful if you could answer. I'm autistic and in recovery from anorexia. I relate to all of the traits you've spoken about in the eating disorder behaviors that are actually autistic traits episodes, and it feels like these are due to my autism, like you said. However, these behaviors weren't there before the anorexia. Before the anorexia, I had no rules around food and would literally eat whatever, whenever. But obviously, I was autistic then too. So, is it possible for new autistic traits, such as these ones around food, to form over time? And can they still be autistic traits and not eating disorder behaviors even if they weren't there before? Thank you. First of all, thank you, Alexandra, for your kind words and for this excellent question. I'm sure so many other listeners are wondering the same thing, and that's exactly why I decided to answer this question publicly on the podcast and on my YouTube channel so that everyone can hear or see me speaking and sharing about my answer. I want to start by pointing out that all eating disorder behaviors that are rooted in autistic traits are exactly that, rooted in autistic traits. Their behaviors themselves are not inherently autistic traits, but rather manifestations of something deeper. To explain what I mean in context, let's reflect back on one of the traits I mentioned in my first episode titled Eating Disorder Behaviors That Are Actually Autistic Traits, and that is trait number one, which is attaching numbers to food and exercise. As I explained in that first episode, autistic people tend to attach numbers to many things. I attached an excessive amount of value to my grades at school, the scores I received in sports, and even now, I like to stick to a similar daily routine of doing specific activities at certain times. In this case, the root autistic trait is attaching numbers and it can manifest into several different types of behaviors. During my eating disorder, this trait obviously manifested into behaviors around food and exercise, which then paired with other autistic traits such as obsessiveness, perfectionism, and a desire for ritual and routine became a dangerous and isolating existence. Before I got an eating disorder, I obviously did not count calories or force myself to run a certain number of miles each day. So going back to Alexandra's question, would this attaching of numbers to food and exercise be a new autistic trait? My answer, no. Because the root of the behavior, the autistic trait of attaching numbers to things, isn't new. The behavior is new, or better said, the autistic trait took on a new manifestation. This goes for all the other traits as well. To unpack another one, let's take the behavior of smoothing out food. The reason I always make sure the peanut butter jar or container of yogurt or ice cream is 
smoothed out is because it gives me a sense of perceived completeness and visual satisfaction. So here, the root is the artistic trait of a need for things to be completed and visually appealing. Or as I always tell my mom, things just need to make sense in my mind. I do not remember engaging in this behavior before I got my eating disorder, which again begs the question, is this a new artistic trait? But then again, no. Because my need for that completeness and desire for things looking a certain way has been a trait I've had all my life. The trait just took on a new expression during and after my eating disorder. So far, we've talked about why autistic traits themselves aren't the same as specific behaviors, but how autistic traits may simply manifest as certain behaviors. But why is this important and how can you use this knowledge to help you recover from your eating disorder? Because when you know that the root of the behavior is autism and not the eating disorder, you can work with the trait in a way that aligns with you as a person. For example, understanding that the behavior of attaching numbers to food and exercise is rooted in a desire to attach numbers to aspects of life in general, rather than just being a surface level eating disorder behavior, you can take a step back and ask if there are other ways in which you want this trait to manifest in ways that are not detrimental to your health. As I mentioned in my first episode on this topic, it may be very helpful to set an increased minimum number of calories to ensure you meet your unique nutritional needs, or to set a maximum amount of minutes that you move a day to challenge your exercise compulsions. In both of these cases, you are embracing your artistic trait of number attachment, but no longer allowing it to manifest into an eating disorder behavior. And there you have it, my answer to today's and my very first Q&A Tuesday. If you want to learn more about how you can embrace your autistic traits to fully recover from disordered eating, I have a completely free audio training called Three Steps to Recovery from an Eating Disorder as an Autistic Person. It's a super practical step-by-step 45-minute training that's honestly like a private coaching session with me on demand in which I guide you through three actionable yet simple steps to use autism to your advantage in eating disorder recovery. You can listen to the training right now by heading over to my website livelabelfree.com and clicking the button free training and it will be delivered straight to your inbox. And if you have a question you'd like me to answer for a future Q&A Tuesday, be sure to email me at livelabelfree at gmail.com or submit your question via the contact form on my website. I cannot wait to hear from you and we'll chat in the next episode. Until next time. Just one foot in front of the other And you'll see around the corner soon This podcast has been recorded by your host, Liv. This podcast has been edited by my wonderful friend, Dharma. And the beautiful song, One Foot in Front of the Other, that you are now listening to was written and recorded by my beautiful mom, Louise Alexandra. I am so grateful for my team and everyone who supports Live Label Free. Together, we are always stronger.